Imagine going into an open field and having the full freedom to scream on top of your lungs. Yeah, whatever is bothering you, whatever you're struggling with, I mean, absolutely going nuts. <laughs> How would that feel to you? For me, it'd probably be relieving, you know what I mean? But what if people heard you screaming like a crazy person in a field? Well, what if no one was paying attention because they were doing it too? Does this sound crazy? Nope. It's a thing. In March in 2021, a therapist led a group of moms into an open field in Boston. And after their primal screaming session, the results, well, word on the street says it made their brain happy. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into the simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Sarah Harmon is a mental health therapist and the owner of the schoolofmom.com, and she has made nationwide news for her primal scream sessions that she leads group of women through. In today's conversation, we are going to not only get the details on this, but also talk about the shame that we carry, expressing our emotions and how that might be causing our brains to not be too happy. You know what I'm saying? But before we get started, I want you to take a screenshot of this episode and share it with someone who, you know, has been stressed out lately. It's going to give them some permission to let it all out. <laughs> also, special treat, we have our friend Sean Block with us, who is the host of Soul Tears. He's a corporate trainer, facilitator, and a storyteller focused on mental wellness. His Instagram is linked in the show notes, and he's the one who shared Sarah's story with me. So he's co-hosting with me today. And my first question to Sarah, she didn't say a scream session in a field. She said a primal scream, a primal one. It's funny. People have been saying like, you know, was this your idea? And um, where'd this come from? No, I mean, it wasn't my idea because it, it's the body's idea, right? I mean, primal is if people listening have given birth, they might have, have had an experience with a primal scream. It, it's this body's, the body's way of naturally releasing an intense emotion. And so the, the primalness is, um, it kind of takes over. It's, it's remarkable. And you had five different types of screams. This is what's fascinating. A regular scream. And then yell profanities. Did you get in trouble wherever you were? Where I held it in Boston is a huge field area. So um, I had called the police both times. Um, I, you know, definitely had my own little like anxiety of, you know, I don't want to disturb the peace, but also like knowing we are in the middle of nowhere. It takes so it's, you know, the screams are no more than 15 seconds, right? It's like, it's very quick. So the profanities, you know, and also Charlestown, I don't know if you ever watched the town, like Charlestown has kind of, you know, it's, we're in Boston, there's a lot of swearing here. So people are, are used to hearing some profanities. So no one, you know, we didn't hear any, any uh, huge disruptance um, issues, but I'm sure some people might have turned their heads if they were walking by. So you took them through like five different screens. I was curious on free for all, was there any creative uses of screens that you noticed in your... Yeah, that the free for all was a lot more profanities, to be honest. <laughs> I think it gave people another another opportunity. Um, and when I held it the second time uh, a couple weeks later, I actually did a scream for all the things that were canceled, which really uh, struck a chord for a lot of people because 
so many of us have experienced at least probably a dozen things that, you know, we were looking forward to uh, that were canceled. Who screamed the longest? You had longest scream and you said there was a clear winner. How long was that? Yeah, it's a mom named Jess. Uh, she, I mean, I don't know if she's a swimmer or a singer or, you know, in her, in, in her earlier days, but it just kept going. Um, and it was just, you know, the fun part about it is as she was still screaming, I think everyone was kind of cheering her on, right? And kind of j- chiming in again with an extra breath uh, to, to keep her going. <laughs> Did you want to talk a little bit about the emotions? Like what kind of emotions um, are brought up in this and what kind of things are you trying to address? In the pandemic, people, it's not that people have been feeling these emotions of grief and sadness and frustration and anger. Um, We've been feeling them. You know, humans have these emotions all the time. What happened in the pandemic is that it really put everything in such a pressure cooker, right? Feelings that we felt um, and maybe were, you know, unpleasant or inconvenient or whatever it was, we would feel them and, and maybe go into a little bit of a dark place, but then, you know, you might come out of it. Of course, unless you struggle with um, more uh, when it becomes depression or anxiety or it really goes on for a little bit longer and it becomes, um, you know, you, you need some actual clinical support. But what happened in the pandemic is that there was no, there was no end, right? For people to feel these, the, the, the things that were exacerbating and contributing to these feelings, those circumstances weren't ending. So we were staying stuck in the emotions for a long time and they were exacerbated with the intensity of what was going on in the circumstance. And, you know, I, I used to say to my clients in the pandemic, you know, I'm still saying you can th- like, I'm glad I'm on zoom because I think you might want to throw something at me. But one of the gifts of this pandemic is that it's pushed people's emotions to the extreme so that we can't ignore them anymore, right? So we are so penned up with all of the things, especially rage, that like we actually don't have any other option but to go stand on a field and scream it out because we it's, just, it's self-destructing, right? We are feeling the consequences of holding on to these emotions for so long with no break, with no outlet, with more shutdowns and more kids home from daycare shutdowns and more emails coming in at work that you can't keep up with. Um, And so I think that is one of the things with the pandemic is that it's forced people for better or for worse, but I would say it's for better to see these really intense, unpleasant emotions right smack in the face and to say, I actually have no other option, but to, to get support or to cry or to yell or, um, and of course, you know, the scream, what we want to do is, is catch people in that to say, okay, this is intense and it's okay to feel your emotion. Here is, um, as Heather was saying, here's kind of a, uh, maybe a non-traditional way to process your anger. Um, but it is very effective and it is, it's a gift to the body really. Our emotions have been pushed to an extreme and we cannot suppress them anymore. Never been there. (laughs) Now, listen, yes, but I don't know about you. um, I've been conditioned to hold everything in my entire life. Like it's not polite to show frustration. It feels almost wrong to me. And in order to express those kind of feelings, you'd have to feel super comfortable, right? And I was wondering with Sarah, when she brought these women to do this, was was there resistance from them? Well, I think you bring something up, which is the piece of shame, right? Like I am, I'm bad or I'm not enough if I feel anger, right? I should be able to handle this or process this. And if I show anger, I mean, for many of us, including myself, anger was not a welcomed emotion, right? It was, uh, it was not a celebrated emotion in my household. 
for women, when you show anger, a lot of the conditioning is right. Oh, she's crazy or she's erratic or, you know, what's like, she must be on the verge of a breakdown or whatever it is. And so I think that with the, the scream and the, the normalizing anger piece is you come into community as you, as you spoke to, and someone says, your anger is allowed here. It's not just allowed, it's welcomed. And it's not just welcomed. You're not alone in it. It's shared. And the community piece is crucial, I think, to why these screams are so impactful for, for our nervous systems is that uh, it tones down that inner critic, that self-judgment that says, anger is not allowed. I am not, I, I should not show this. And also I'm, I'm not like good enough for feeling this way, or I'm not enough, right? I failed in some way. And you mentioned, you know, community aspect of this. So a lot of times in therapy, I've been in therapy and you get a pillow and you scream into the pillow on your own, but it sounds like doing this obviously freely and releasing in front of a group of people and with a group of people, it makes such a difference. Yeah, the community piece, you know, I have a uh, yoga therapy mentor named Jill Miller, and I interviewed her after I'd been in a bunch of different interviews where people had said, like, what is it about the screen? Because I, from a physiological standpoint, I can feel it, right? And other women can feel it and they can share their experience with me. But I wanted to understand, like, what is happening in our bodies? And she spoke to this piece of, you know, of course, there's a physiological component of the nervous system. Like we take the nervous system to this extreme sympathetic point, right? So the sympathetic nervous system is that fight, flight, freeze, that stress response. And then there's really nowhere else to go but down from there, right? So there is this amazing, like you go to the extreme, you go where you really, really are craving, even consciously or subconsciously. And then it's like a deflate. The parasympathetic nervous system like kind of takes over and you feel this release. But one of the big components that she spoke to was the community piece, um, Sean, was that she, she said... Uh, in community, what happens in your body is also noticeable. We all know this, right? When you're in a community where, you know, when you're in the company of someone who just accepts you for who you are, you like, it's like a, a huge release. It's like when you go to hug a kid and they're in something and they just melt in your arms or a loved one, right? When you're like on the verge of tears and they pick you up and they say, it's okay. And you just deflate, right? That community, uh, that community component is, is so important, I think, as part of this, because when you're doing it alone, you don't get those same physiological benefits. All right. Not all of us can go out into a field on a Tuesday and go scream on top of our lungs without getting arrested. You know what I'm saying? So is there a way that we can improvise with this? Are there small things we can do throughout the day to release our emotions? Yeah. So hundred percent, like screaming into the pillow, right? Cause you're like scream wherever you can. Right. And, and I think even, even if you're not in community, I think what's happened with the scream is a, it, it maybe has the ability to turn down that, oh, well, this isn't so weird right? Like women are doing this all over. I just can't get myself to a field or I, you know, I don't know of of one of these happening locally. So I'm just going to do it myself. And maybe it is a little more acceptable. Um, But also just this, the, the physical movement piece of, you know, one of the things we talk about in therapy is like, is just like shaking your body, dancing, really kind of unconventional movement. I'm just uh, really kind of flailing it out, shaking it out. When, when animals go through trauma, um, they'll get up and they'll shudder, right? You'll see that. And they just kind of shake it off. Um, so doing that for us might look like, like a dance or just like a jumping up and down, a sweeping your arms, you know, with your hands, something like that. Um, that's a big one, but also I think for what, this seems simple, 
But I think narrating your experience in the present moment is really helpful because it grounds you in the feeling. But also if you're saying, if you're narrating your experience of what you're, of what you're, you know, feeling in the moment, you're not having the thought of a judgment about the feeling. So here's an example, right? So I'm like pissed off, blah, 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 blah. And I, and I just say, I am so angry right now. I'm so frustrated right now. Right. When I say I'm so frustrated right now, I meet myself where I'm at. I might express it and just let my body kind of say it in the way of like, oh, I'm so frustrated right now. And then what I'm not saying in my mind is, why am I so frustrated? Why can't I handle this? I should be stronger, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, cue the domino effect of thoughts. So that's another tip that, you know, seems simple, but, and we do this with kids. Oh, you're so, you're, you're sad right now, or you're really angry right now, right? You narrate for them. So do it for yourself. That can be really helpful. What was it quickly? Why moms and what drove you to your why in this event with moms? So I own a company called the School of Mom. Mom stands for mothering oneself mindfully. Now that practice of mothering oneself is for all humans, right? Mothering oneself, meeting yourself in the present moment with compassion, with non-judgment, right? With acceptance. Um, but my community, particularly the School of Mom right now, the, the company is pretty young, is primarily with moms. So the, the women that are in my community are all moms. That's who I work with. So that was just my reach. Um, but, uh, and, and one of the beauties of that is that, you know, you don't have to explain yourself to a mom that has young kids. Like, you know, exactly why you're screaming, right? I don't have to defend my scream to her and tell her why this pandemic has been hard because she's been living it. And this is the same thing. You know, people have reached out to say, teachers need this and frontline workers need this. And I'm like, yes, 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 you do. And do it together because I, you know, too, I don't, my neighbor works in a, in a hospital, I don't know what she's been through to the full extent, but if she got together with someone, one of her colleagues and screamed it out, they would be able to connect in that. Right. So I think that for me, it was moms, but of course, everyone's welcome. This is not like, as I said, this is not an original idea. It's the body's idea. And really it's just about giving communities permission and individuals permission in those communities to come together and do it. Make sure you connect with Sarah at this schoolofmom.com. Before we go, anything else? I just love that your podcast title is includes brain because I think that the brain, I'm fascinated by the brain. I think the line, like uh, our brain is still trying to figure out how it works. Like that line just makes my head spin in a good way. And I think that what we need to understand on a, a societal level is that emotions are a, they are physiological. They are, they're there for an evolutionary reason, right? They are part of our brain chemistry. And so to understand them from that perspective also is part of that permission to just say, this is to be human is to have feelings like anger. All humans have them. They are completely normal and healthy. To be human is to have feelings. <sighs> Amen. Hallelujah. Nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with having them. Make sure you express them in some healthy way. It'll make your brain happy, my friend. Now, whether it is using the law of attraction, learning optimism, yes, it can be learned, or screaming to relieve stress, we just hope you take a moment for yourself today, my friends, and keep that brain of yours happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy. Happy.